This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by the collected works of Bette Midler. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This is episode 113. Today's guest played Jerry's girlfriend and NYU grad student Sharon in the season four episode of Seinfeld, the outing Paula Marshall. Thank you for listening. If you dig it, please pass it on. Follow us on Twitter at this thirsty. Follow us on Instagram at this thirsty. Do us a solid subscribe to the YouTube channel. Email us at this podcast is making me thirsty at gmail.com. Go to our website, SeinfeldPodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Episode 113. Paula Marshall. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. Today's guest is an actress who's been in over 80 TV shows and films, including The Wonder Years, Spin City, Nip Tuck, Californication, and Euphoria. And of course, she played Jerry's girlfriend at NYU grad student Sharon in the unforgettable season four episode of Seinfeld, The Outing. Please welcome Paula Marshall. Paula, thanks for joining. Hi, everybody. So, Paula, 29 years ago, can you believe it? The Outing aired on NBC. It was actually the the second episode ever on Thursday night. So they made the big jump. So 28 million people watched it. So take us back. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Tell us, I mean, what a, what a role. How'd the role come about? Tell us a little bit about the audition process, what you can remember at least. I remember uh, Seinfeld wasn't a big hit then yet. Um, it was like fourth fourth season. You said it was. Yeah, season four. It was on um, the cusp. It was it was on the cusp. Basically. Yes, it was it was going up. Um, I remember. I believe it was over near Warner Brothers. I remember the building I walked into. Um, I wish I could remember the casting director's name. I was going to look it up and I didn't. I'm going to Mark Hirschfeld. Thank you, Mark Hirschfeld. Yeah. So it was Mark who was there, and not. They don't always have the stars of the show, but Jerry was a producer. They don't always have the stars of the show read with, you know, in the audition room, he was there. Um, and I had watched the show. So, uh, I was obviously nervous. Um, I put on the, probably the worst New York accent that I've ever heard. So I apologize to everyone who listens to me and is like, where the fuck did she learn that accent? Cause it's really bad. But I was like, no, she lives in New York or maybe she's from Jersey or something. So I read, I do. Okay. Um, I have to say, unless I'm wrong, it was my first to come ever in front of a live audience. So um, being funny, and oh, Sharon wasn't necessarily the funny one. Guest stars on sitcoms aren't the funny ones, not normally, unless they're crazy big characters. So, you know, I throw the ball up, they hit it back. You you know, as a guest star, you lob balls to the stars of the show. Um, and when I got it, I was... Uh, you know, excited, you're young and you're, you know, new and you book something and you're, you're dying. So, um, that's what I remember just being there. I literally remember seeing Jerry sitting there. Um, uh, and it was just amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you, you mentioned about the lobbying back and forth. Uh, this episode doesn't really, I, I, it, it articulates that the best, any, one of the, one of the best of any episodes. I mean, everything you're saying during that, that one reveal scene is basically just setting up the laugh every single time. It just gets more and more. Um, but I'm curious. So when you, when you, when you got there, um, you know, you know, first day on the set, that sort of thing. What was the vibe like? Because like you mentioned, they weren't a huge hit yet. But like O'Hara just mentioned, they just moved to Thursday. The contest had come out a little before that, which kind of gave them a big bump. Um, but, you know, they weren't huge yet. But they had to think in the back of their mind that this episode was going to be similar to the contest and that it's handling a touchy subject, the way they're handling it. Was that vibe there? Were they kind of talking about that? Or is it just like, we're no. doing this, it's funny, and that's it. We don't give a crap. No, they, I, no, it, that set was, um, again, it was one of my first sitcom sets ever. Um, so maybe I wasn't paying enough attention. Uh, it felt very laid back. Um, it was, it was, uh, I, I was trying to pay attention to the rules of the sitcom and how it goes and the table read. And, you know, you show up Monday, you do the table read and then they change the lines, you go home. And then Tuesday you start rehearsing it. Um, I do remember something um, probably on, it was like maybe Wednesday or something. You get line changes, things change. It's not funny. They wrote in, it was after lunch and I show up back on this, on the stage and Jerry's sitting on the couch. And I think George said, Paula, did you get the rewrites? I'm like, yes, I did. And Jerry says to me, I get to kiss Paula Marshall. And I go, but I get to kiss Jerry Seinfeld. And so they wrote that in. And so I was a little like, oh, shoot, I got to kiss Jerry Seinfeld in this thing. So I looked at the thing and they rewrote it. And um, yeah, so I just remember little bits and pieces because it was fucking 29 years ago. Right, I'm, right. I hate that you said well, that. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting. It's a little nuance. We were talking before you came out. It just, for some reason, stuck in my head. And maybe this is part of it. And we'll, we'll go scene by scene. But the scene where you mentioned... You should hear the way my, and you have it in that New York accent, my boyfriend talks to me. Yes. <laughs> All right. And then you end up making out with Jerry, like, you know, the right. day later. I'm just curious. Yeah. I want, I wonder if you didn't have a boyfriend. Maybe. You should hear how my boyfriend talks to me. And then, yeah. Yeah. Goes, what? boyfriend, what? What are you telling me? <laughs> yeah. Now I, I do remember that. Um, yeah, I guess she's a. And you know, speaking you since you brought it up, I've I've always contended that your 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 makeout scene with Jerry on the couch is uh, one of the more uh, intense ones that Jerry has in the series. I got to say, I don't know if that was uh, chemistry on the set or what that was, but uh, it definitely I, seemed I, a little more yeah. next level, if you will, than some of I, the other ones. I definitely got into it. If you yeah. saw me, I was kind of like grinding up against him a little bit. My daughter. <laughs> um, my daughter watched the show. She just got hip to Seinfeld. And, yes. um, and I, I remember kind of going, yeah, I remember kind of going, God, I was kind of like working it. Well, Jerry's very, he was a little stiff. He's, he's a standup. He wasn't like an actor, <laughs> like trying to get some, um, there was no tongue. I will tell you that it was a very simple little kiss, but I was, you know, I was doing my, I like to take advantage when I can I really try to be as believable as I can. It's, it's interesting when you got a kiss, it depends on who you're kissing. Depends on who you're kissing. Memorable for sure, and in, in his little turtleneck. Um, so you, I mean, as a guest star, like we've spoken to so many, but you were in so many scenes and so many scenes with all the big four characters. So maybe we'll just take it maybe scene by scene. So that that opening scene, right? You kind of walk in the coffee shop. You guys are kind of eavesdropping. I mean, just uh, 
tell us a little bit what you remember about that scene. Obviously, the eavesdropping, and that's when they, you know, Elaine does the whole, you know, just because you two are yeah. gay, the whole thing. So, and then I have that weird little look. Yeah. Like, you know, and we don't, we're not saying anything, but you kind of have to fake like you're overhearing. And whoever played the girl I was with, um, uh, you know, we kind of had to like lean in and pretend talk, but I don't think I said two words to her. It was always, it's always so strange. Um, when you can't really talk, but you have to act like maybe you are whispering. Um, uh, yeah, I guess that was the first scene. Just trying to be not too big, you know, sitcoms, it's, it's easy to be too much and then you don't buy it. But even, even, um, in, in, in Seinfeld, I feel like as big as it is in moments, there's always, it's always like really grounded in such a reality that you buy it. Maybe some right. of, you know, Michael's like when he comes in and he slides in, which by the way, he totally practiced that. Like all of a yeah. sudden I was like, what's that? And I was talking to George. It's like, what does that sound? Like? He goes, oh, that's, you know, he's practices his like entrance. I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's cool. He does it very well. Um, so I don't really remember too much except that like look I, I kind of throw away in the coffee shop scene. And then yeah. what? And then, so then probably the most memorable scene, one of the most memorable scenes in the history of television, I mean, because it's one of the most memorable history of Seinfeld is the whole reveal scene we were just talking about. I mean, you know, that's just brilliantly acted, obviously, by Jason, Jerry, and yourself, the whole back and forth. And you, you, you do a very good job reporting, you know, the faces you're making as you're writing things down. Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you're doing all that. And it's, it's. Yeah. And it gives me a laugh every time the way you, you, you kind of look at the both of them and Jerry doesn't like this shirt and that kind of thing. And the whole, and my parents don't know what Jerry the hell's going like, on. And then he's, and then he's, he's, he's with the pair. Yeah. And yeah. he says, pair, do you wash this pair? God, well then wash it already. Do you see how he talks to me? That's the thing. Yeah. Then he goes, you should see how my boyfriend talks to me. And, and but the look that? on yeah. Jerry, yeah. The, the like quick, like little, all right. When you start piecing it together yes, and then yes. the big reveal when George finally puts it all together. Oh no, oh no, why not have sex right now? Like that had to be uh, in front of a live audience, just an incredible, uh, you know, it, uh, laughter it was, explosion. It was so again, first sitcom. And I remember rehearsing um, and the director said to me, Paula, make sure you hold for the laugh here because he's going to get a big laugh. And I go, Oh, cool. And then I, I kind of go over to Jason. I go, what does that mean again? And he goes, hold for the laugh. So they're going to laugh a lot. Like literally I'd never done a sitcom and I didn't go to like acting class for sitcoms or technical, you know, acting class for film. I didn't do it. So um, I guess I just wasn't aware. And then he goes, it's like a, a wave. You ride the wave and you wait till the, the laughter kind of dies down. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Because it's hard when you have to be the person that chimes in after the big laugh. You got to weigh that. Um, but I remember like when he said, come on, baby. And, and then I remember like doing something weird with my lips and the pen and um, <laughs> like it was yesterday. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of laughter. I mean, I, I was like studying your face at the end of that scene to see if there was any like give, but yeah, you helped, you kept that straight face. A remarkable job. I didn't crack. I didn't crack. I don't think. No, I don't think so. So you mentioned you weren't on a sitcom before. You did a little Wonder Years with Wayne Arnold, right? A uh, little Life Goes On. Totally different. Not, not sitcoms. Right. So what was, I mean, 
what do you remember about listen, Larry Charles wrote this episode? How was he involved or Larry David on the set? You mentioned the, the director. I think that was Tom Sharonis, I believe. But yeah, how Larry, involved were Jerry, Larry Charles, and even Larry kind of? I remember Larry David being on maybe more so than Charles. Um, although they were both there for the table read 100%. Um, yeah, uh, you know, just kind of behind the scenes. I, I didn't really hang out or talk too much with them, um, but they they were definitely there, you know, writing and 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 touching up, punching up the jokes in between. I think I really was just, you know, pinching myself and trying to do a good job, so I wasn't as relaxed. So I probably didn't notice a lot that was going on. You know, right. Scared. <laughs> yeah. Well, scary. We, we hear a lot from from guest stars that you know the the, the set's very welcoming. You know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. All the all the actors, you know, they're not they don't they don't have that star. They're 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 welcoming. Um, you know, you, you ha like like O'Hara mentioned, you were in a scene with everyone, all the main four. Um, your scene with Julia seemed short on, on yeah. uh, in the show but i don't know if there was anything that you did more that was cut or anything like that i know there was the whole jacket thing um was you she pregnant what? is that why she was wearing the jacket yeah. do you remember is that I was I'm remembering, that i haven't seen i haven't seen the episode in a really long time um even though it runs like all the time and by the way every time someone sees it i get a text i'm like yeah. cool there's 20 bucks um so she, I believe she was pregnant and that was just the whole thing. You take your jacket, whatever wants me to take my jacket off. Um, yeah, it was really, really short, but some, it wasn't any longer than that. It's not like it was longer and they cut it. That doesn't okay. happen too yeah. often. I feel, I feel like with sitcoms, they know what works and, and there's very little editing in post. Right. No. So speaking of the vibe of the, uh, the crew and everyone, who'd you, Who'd you get lunch with? Like, who, who do you remember hanging out with? You mentioned like Jason kind of giving you a lot of advice. Um, anybody have a special connection with you? I wish, I wish I could remember 29 years ago. And I really, I really can't. <laughs> I feel like I was, I, I probably went to lunch on, on the lot and, uh, but I didn't really, really hang out with anybody. But Jason was especially nice to me. I do remember that. And Jerry was too, but Jerry's, you know, the big wig and he has a lot of hats that he wears. So he couldn't just be as relaxed as just a regular actor on a sitcom. Um, but yeah. probably Jason and I had a good time working yeah, together. And, and yeah. so you mentioned you know, this was your first sitcom um, mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot, a lot came after it. Would you say that, you know, being on Seinfeld with 20 million people, a huge episode, the outing, did he see it opening doors right after that once it aired or did it not bump and not give a pop that you thought it might, or, you know, I, I think it did. I think yeah. anytime you're on a big hit show, uh, it, it elevates your, I think they used to call it TVQ TVQ rating. That used to be a thing that how kind of popular you are. You could Google it. I swear it was a thing back in the day. 29 years ago. I can't let that number go, by the way. Thank you for that. Um, I'll edit it out. <laughs> um, so I started probably just reading for more sitcoms that my agents were like, oh, look, Paul is funny. I was like, well, I wasn't really that funny. It was really them, but okay. Um, and then uh, one thing led to another. And then I think my first sitcom after that was um, uh, this one I did with Jason, not Jason Bateman. That was another one. Um, out of practice, oh. no, that was another one. God, I've worked a lot. Paul, uh, Wild Oats. Wild Oats, thank Rudd. you. Thank Paul you very Rudd. much. Yeah, so yeah. Paul Rudd, Tim Conlon, and Jana Marie Hupp 
And that was the same year as Friends was coming out. A yeah, little silly show called Friends that we made fun of. <laughs> over yeah, but it was similar to like four young people in the city, right? Essentially. Yeah. Yes. And um, it was kind of funny. And Paul, I remember Paul kind of not really... Like, he's like, I just want to be a movie star. I'm like, okay, I just want to be a sitcom star. Like, after my little, after doing um, Seinfeld and working with Julia and and knowing she was pregnant, I'm like, wow, that's, this is a gig to get. One, the hours are amazing. Um, you know, directors come in, we do it, they're gone. They're, they get a tea time at 2.30, most of them. I know Jimmy Burroughs always had his tea time at around three o'clock. Um, so I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world. Also making people laugh. And there, it was a play. You played, you had fun, you right. messed up. It didn't matter. You got to feel it if it worked right in the moment. And I kind of got hooked on it. I never thought in a million years I could ever be in my own sitcom. Um, and then I did a few. Of course, they all got canceled. I'm still mad. You know, <laughs> Suzanne Cryer mentioned it. I don't know if you know Suzanne Cryer. Yes. Um, she mentioned the exact same thing you you just said, almost almost verbatim about, about TV and sitcoms. Even though I was new to it, it was sort of like everybody else always was wanted to be movie stars. And I never, ever was interested in that ever. I've never, ever, ever, ever been interested in movies. I mean, I was really excited to do Wag the Dog, you know, but that's because your agents always wanted you to do them. But I always felt back from the beginning that TV was the only thing I was interested in doing. And what I really wanted to do was sitcoms. And so I remember like being on Two Guys and a Girl and having people come up to me and say, well, now that you are on Two Guys and a Girl, you can like start a movie career. And I'd look at them like, what, why? Like, why, why would I want that? And now of course I have proven to be totally correct. And they're all want to be on TV now. Nobody wants to be in a movie anymore. No, yeah. and no woman wants to be in a movie because you can have a baby and a job and like, I can go to work. And like, I did Silicon Valley and never missed a school pickup. You know, it's like Mike Judge, yeah, we wanted to Alec get to Berg, that. Alec Berg, yeah. Greatest guys in the entire world who I literally would like, you know, kill my children for. Like, literally, they are the greatest guys in the entire world. But like, they gave me like this beautiful life for six years where I just like was totally able to do a role that I was obsessed with and be part of one of the best things ever written and not, not miss a school pickup. You know, so TV is where it's at, particularly for women. And also just, it's what people watch how it, it lends itself to that schedule. And yeah. it's it's like, she really thought she was onto something doing TV rather than why do you want to do on a movie for years and all that kind of thing. So yeah, no, very interesting. You guys have the same take. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, as, a, as I, I don't like hotel rooms necessarily for more than like a week <laughs> or two when you're on set, like for a, um, a month and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. I mean, it's fantastic and glamorous and that, but it's hard being away from home if you have a kid or not, you know? Right. So see, um, I'm circling back to that season four. You mentioned that you were a big fan of Steinfeld beforehand. Were there any other auditions prior? Uh, or was that your first tryout in, first. in 93? That was my that was my first one. Yeah, 100%. And what, so Hirschfeld, I guess, connected with your agent. We're just always curious about the kind of the intricacies of how that happens. Was there a relationship there or just kind of the work you were doing? And No, you just... Be a great reporter. Sometimes you just go in and you read and you get it. And it's nothing more than that. They're like, yeah, 
I liked her best. She got sort of the humor. She nailed the joke. She, you know, you never know why you don't get it. Um, and sometimes you don't know why you got it either, because there's right. so many girls that, you know, audition. And now we don't go into the rooms anymore, which is super hard yeah, to imagine. try to, you know, be funny uh, on a Zoom callback or whatever. I don't know. It's I don't like it at all. I like to make people laugh. So um but in in that in that moment, um, I, well, I don't that's, know. that's the genius of Mark Hirschfeld. I mean, like yeah, he, he picked the exact right person for the exact role. You will forever be Sharon, the NYU reporter to Seinfeld. You know, fans. Well, obviously. how much how much fun did Mark have? All of the girls of Seinfeld. There was this. I think it was, <laughs> was it magazine or was it Entertainment Weekly? They did this big spread of the girl, the women of Seinfeld. And it was this photo shoot and, and all the different, it was like, um, Jamie Gertz was in it. Um, like every, all the high end with Terry Hatcher was in there and they're, they're, they're real and they're fantastic or whatever right, she right, said. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, was, there's, there's only one I Paula mean, Marshall. This is the yeah. thing about it, Paul, is, is your, as O'Hara just mentioned, touched on like, when I think of Seinfeld and that time period, like we were, you know, we were in high school, 93, it comes out. Yeah. The flannel you're wearing, the blue flannel, I mean, that is 1990, yeah. the jeans, you are, it's like a, a time capsule of 1993. Yep. And it's and like, you're the perfect, you want to know something funny? Yeah. I'm sorry, I talk over you. Oh. Uh, I get excited. So the jeans I wore were my jeans. They the wardrobe was so I didn't even have any makeup on, by the way, which I was really mad at. I was like, I want some makeup so I look more attractive. Hardly had any makeup on. So I think I like whatever I had in my bag, I kind of put it on really quickly. The jeans that I have on in the show, my daughter, who is 17 years old, wears those jeans today. Because I'm like, those are the Seinfeld jeans. That's Paul. awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> That's a great story. And those jeans are great. I mean, the whole, the whole, I mean, <laughs> the natural look is great, though. I think we all, we all appreciate that. Yeah, well, you are. And, you know, that episode, clearly you were in a ton of scenes, but also um, the parents were, were in it. Estelle oh, yeah. Harris, uh, Liz Sheridan, may they rest in peace. Were, were they on set or was that filmed somewhere else? I, I wonder, like, tell us a little bit what was happening that, that week on set. Well, every, but you know, if, if, even if you're not in the same scene, you're all together. It's unlike like a, an hour drama. Sometimes you never see people because they don't shoot on the same day. No, you wake up in the morning, you go to work, you get some craft service, you do your table read, everybody laughs, they take a break and then you start rehearsing. Um, so sorry, I don't know how to turn my um, thingies off. Um, and uh, so yeah, no, everyone was always there. It was a, it, I was walking into a big happy family. No ego, no nothing, just joy. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you mentioned, you know, I know, um, you know, more recently um, with Euphoria, it's kind of a different vibe than a than a Seinfeld set. I'm guessing. Oh, so curious, you know, I just met you. You've been mentioning talking about you know f being funny and being on sitcoms and things like that, and now. You know, um, you're on this other show that's a little bit, you know, obviously, as we said, different. Um, how, how are you finding? How are you finding that? I mean, is is there is there something where you just like it's my job? I'm doing it, or do you prefer one more than the other? Just curious. Well, a hundred percent, I prefer comedies. All I want to do is get back on a sitcom, not just because of the hours, but because of the joy it brings me to make people laugh and the experience working with actors and writers. 
and and performing on tape night. You know, it's not a play. We can mess up and just seeing the audience react. There's like no high like that that I've ever felt before. So I would love to get back to that. And I try all the time. I'm like, hey, it's Paula. They're like, yeah, we're still looking. You know, it's hard. It's hard to find sitcoms. And, you know, I'm older. Um, but single camera or euphoria, just to be a part of that ridiculously, you know, brilliant show. And, and the fact that Marsha, funny names that I get, Marsha got, finally got to say something. I remember when I read the script, I'm like, oh my God, I've got like four pages here of like a monologue, Sam. <laughs> He's like, I know, right? So I was scared to death. Um, it's just different. It's, you know, you take all day to do that and no crying in sitcoms, hardly. Although I did, I cried a couple of times on like Gary and Mary, maybe. Oh, Jay Moore, right? Yeah. So after, so you start your first sitcom ever was Seinfeld. Like, yes. I mean, yes. talk about you know, top of the hill. And then you went on, obviously, Gary and Mary, Wild Oats, some Spin Chicago City. Sons, Spin City, yep. Yeah, tell us a little bit about, yeah, working with some of these guys, like a Michael J. Fox. I mean, compare it to, to even this set of Seinfeld. Um, uh, we always wonder how these, these guys are great for a reason, but yes. uh, I'm sure they have some similarities. Michael J. Fox, um, what a joy. I remember... Um, uh, he he'd had, had a lot of guitars in his room and I had traveled to New York and I had a little baby Taylor with me. If you know what that is, it's a Taylor guitar, but it's a baby version. It's like a mini cute one. And he saw me practicing. I'm terrible. I'm literally so bad, but you want something to do while you're working in New York by yourself. Um, and I ended up buying him a baby Taylor as like a parting gift. Um, he said something to me, my first um, episode, I think it was the first one of Spin City, it was, it was down the hallway and it was like a steady cam shot that it's kind of rare in a sitcom. They don't usually do steady cams, but they did. And then they would bring it out to that like front office. So we do it in front of the audience. I get a big laugh. And then we go back to do a second take. And he says to me, he goes, Marshall. He says to me, Goes, not many, not many hold a candle to me out there. And you just did it. And I just went, oh, the, the. and then he goes, do it again. <laughs> I was like, cool, <laughs> I will. Um, so he, that I'll never forget when he said that to me. It's funny. I was literally eating dinner before my kids. I was talking about Michael J. Fox. Playing the good, playing Johnny be good during Back to the Future. So oh. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you just brought that up. Um, but so yeah, I mean your your history in sitcom and other shows for that matter had such kind of a interweaving of Seinfeld alumni, right? Like uh, Lisa Edelstein, yeah. uh, Jeremy Piven, um, even the guy you mentioned Hap from uh, Wild Oats. I mean, all these people played a part in making the show what it is like is there any ever like banter like when you hit sets like oh yeah hey, i saw your episode blah, 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 or no you mean like between actors yeah talking about the seinfeld experience well every like to me what really happened with seinfeld was everyone would repeat the line not that there's anything wrong with that right um, henry winkler said that to me like I just met him and he said, not that there's anything wrong with that. I was like, oh yeah, you saw that. Like everyone 
everyone says it. They need the opportunity. And I think I was the only person on Seinfeld on that episode that never said that line, which is right. right I right. never said it. Everyone else did. Um, uh, but no, I don't, I don't think, I, I just think people, um, mostly like normal people. I don't think actors ever say, Oh, I saw you on this and that. And no, they don't. But just my, my friends. Um, yeah, I know. I know. I know another. Sh- I know we're kind of off Seinfeld a bit here, but I'm just interested in these things. Like another show that you were recently in, um, as we see it. Um, oh yeah. On Amazon, yeah, I'm a big fan of Rick Glassman's uh, podcast. He has he has a really good podcast, um, and that show seems to be getting a lot of uh, a lot of attention. Um, you know that that show is is a little. I guess it's funny, but it also has like it's it's heartwarming moments and, and things like that. Yeah. I don't know if that. Um, what your experience was like on that on that show with it, you know the, it, that topic and what they're dealing with there and everything it was it was amazing i um i i think it did like maybe three episodes but i think one was kind of combined into the other sort of ended up being maybe two the ease at which these actors uh perform you know it was it was hard and um uh Sosi, uh, Kevin yeah, Bacon's Sosie daughter, Bacon, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. was so great. I liked her very much. But just everyone and, and just doing a show w- with this um, um, topic, it, it, it was like, a, it was, it meant, it was meant to be, it was about time. And it really tapped into something that one I've never really seen. And I did, I contacted a friend of mine who um, has an autistic son and I go, just tell me, like I auditioned for it, put myself on tape in my little tape room and, um, <laughs> Uh, and when I got it, I just wanted to know, like, what are your struggles? Love is love. You love a kid. It doesn't matter. But tell me what bothers you. What what, you know, don't people understand about it? Um, so I could try to tap into that a little more um, and have her be a little more believable because it's something I didn't know anything about. Yeah. Um, I love doing it, though. So now you mentioned your your daughter getting into Seinfeld, and we love to kind of we love to hear about a new generation getting back into the show. Um, so, for what is she? What, why do you think this younger generation is leaning into it uh, more so? And what did what was her what was her comments about the episode um, you were in? We won't say how many years later. I'm going to text her and tell her to come in here and tell you. Um, <laughs> although she's doing she's doing uh, homework. Uh, oh, while we're at it, you know, if she, if, if she wants to catch Come up here. on the show, uh, she can uh, uh, subscribe to our podcast on YouTube. <laughs> Come here, Maya. I have a question for you. Um, but you have to be on camera. They want to ask you a question. Does she have the jeans? <laughs> She's not wearing the jeans. Okay, so great if I was wearing. I know it'd be great. What about the so blue flannel? That's Maya. How you doing? Hey, Maya. Um. So here's a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I re-asking it? So yeah, tell us. You're getting into Seinfeld, right? Yeah. What do you first? What do you love most about the show? Let's just talk about your mother's episode specifically. What did you love about the outing? I just think a lot of old television is just so much more entertaining to watch than new television. Even though I don't exactly get all of the old references, <laughs> or not not old, but you know, timely, not timely um, references of today. I just think the jokes are delivered better. And even though it's like a show about nothing, I could kind of like, it is described as a show about nothing. I could just have it in the background. I don't know. It's just more, I connect to the characters more. The jokes are funnier. I don't know. Like newer shows, the writing, I just feel like is just not as good. And like, 
It's just well, well said. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, you're spot on. It was just smart writing, great actors and actresses, um, and characters you you kind of rooted for, even though they do silly things. And Kramer, that's a, that's a Kramer. <laughs> that's his own point. It's true. All right. That's great. Thank you. Is that all? Yeah. Thank you. Not Bye, guys. See ya. <laughs> um, yeah. It's the best. Now we got to get her listen to the podcast. You can listen to I all know. the uh, all our favorite guest stars. I know. Um, that's great, that. though. We love hearing that. Uh, we love hearing that the new generation. It is a timeless show. Um, <laughs> it's interesting that the you know even 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 you know the outing the 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 beginning of the episode you miss each other because you don't know what each other's looks like you're both on the pay phones oh calling, yeah yeah we're on the right? phone on the yeah, phone exactly it's like it's like that like your daughter does doesn't know what a pay phone is or never used one i'm assuming right but she understands oh. the show in that aspect of it and it's like the only thing that changes is technology right the the yeah. interrelationships and what happens and that sort of thing is always yeah. going to be funny i mean funny's funny even if you don't like um, it's a time capsule in that sense too, in that all of uh two line phone, the mix up, everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And George's sweater, did you really like it? <laughs> no, didn't like it. <laughs> and then more Paula, how does a how does a girl from Maryland become a Cowboys fan? I know. Okay. Here's Can we get into that for a sec? Here's my story. So um growing up in DC, everyone like the Redskins, the old team called the Redskins. Um, and for whatever reason, my mother, who was the big football fan um, in the family, not even my dad, she didn't like George Allen, the coach. She also didn't like Billy Kilmer either, the quarterback. And so she just, you know, Tom Landry and Roger Staubach the, with those hats and the suit. I mean, he was a, these are some sexy men. So I think my mom just crushed on them and just liked the, you, you know, the suit and they were just good. I had maybe good, like Catholic people. I don't know. Um, and so she started liking the Cowboys for no other reason. And so I did what my mother did. I liked the Cowboys because my mother liked the Cowboys. And then it's just never went away ever. It's weird. That's great. And my, my daughter's a Cowboy fan. We, you know, it, we went to the, the, the game they played, um, at the uh, the stadium here in LA when they played San Diego this year, and it was amazing. So I know it's 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 not easy being a Cowboy fan either. After the yep. 80s. yeah. And I love how I still say the same thing. They're LA, but you call them San Diego. But I, um... I mean, I mean, I can't because I was like, "What's the name? The Chargers? It's, it's <laughs> LA. We don't deserve two football teams. I'm not even sure we deserve one football team. I'm happy the Rams won, and it was a great game. Um, but we, I don't think people in LA really dig football the way like normal people do other people <laughs> agree yeah paula thanks so much thanks so much for making us laugh over the years first off and you know you just, you were unforgettable in that episode we will never forget it and um we're just so happy we get to continue to watch you on the uh on the big screen so thank you so thank much you. well i just hope when you know when my time comes and it's the emmy thing and i die it would be the shot of sharon <laughs> that's all i want it's just to be included so i don't know if guest stars um you know ha get that honor but you know here's hoping wow you deserve that well said. thank you paul awesome. this was great see you guys thank you. Have thanks, thanks so much bye and now there's this here we go <laughs>
I'm not great at this. Bye.